Thank you for listening to the Fort Stewart Chapel Next podcast. You can find out more about us by searching Fort Stewart Chapel Next on Facebook. Good morning, Kingdom family. Uh, my name is Michael Oliver. I am the lead pastor of Chapel Next and the Devarty Chaplain, and it is great to see all of you here this morning. Uh, this morning we're going to continue our sermon series on the parables of Jesus, parables, the kingdom stories. As we know, Jesus taught parables which are spiritual or moral lessons that he wanted all of us to have. And today specifically, we're going to be looking at the parable of the sower, which can be found in Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 15. Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 15. The Gospel of Luke was written by God through Luke the physician, who was very meticulous, and he was one of the, the party with the original 12 disciples and other followers of Jesus who very meticulously wrote down everything Jesus did during his ministry here on earth. And it's very relevant, this passage, for you and for me, is because it truly shows us what type of person we are. Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 15. And when a, grout, a great crowd was gathering, and people from town after town came to him, he said a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what the parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are parables, so that seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. Now, let's take a time out, because that seems really weird. Why does he say that? Uh, Jesus says that for a couple of reasons. One, he's preparing the original 12 disciples to be the initial leaders of the church. And two, he's also emphasizing it's God who gives us understanding, not just human understanding. All right, so let's read on. Okay, where'd I stop? That's not rhetorical. 11, thank you. <laughs> All right. Now, this is the parallel. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in a time of testing, they fall away. And as for those who fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked out by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for those in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Let's pray. 
Father, as we continue in this worship service to worship and glorify you, I pray that you would protect me from preaching anything that is not your truth. We come here to worship Jesus, we come here to have fellowship with Jesus, and we come here to be further changed by Jesus. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This picture here are two people and their families that I went to high school with. The first upper left corner is Danielle Ferris Holgan and her family. Uh, Danielle and I led a lot of Bible studies in high school together. We went to prom together. Uh, I was at Sanford University in Birmingham when she was at the University of uh, Alabama, Birmingham. Uh, godly, godly woman. And to this day, some 25 years later, still an incredible godly woman, married a godly man, has great kids, godly family. In the bottom right, the guy who's second to the left is Dr. Mike Helton. Mike Helton and I ran cross country. He won the state. I didn't win the state. I was in the back of the team, but that's okay. Um, but super godly guy, um, loves the Lord, loves his family. And my point is this, true believers, true Christians are Christians for the long haul. And that's the main point of this sermon. True believers are Christians for the long haul. And we're going to look at three areas this morning. We're going to look at the word. We're going to look at word responses, and then we're going to look at word applications. So let's look at the first area, the word. Well, the question has to be asked, who is the word? And like in context of any Christian worship service or Christian Bible study, the word, of course, is Jesus. Notice the very first part of verse 5. A sower went out to sow his seed. The sower in the parable, I would submit to you, is Jesus. John 1.1 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We know from context of the first chapter of, of John that Jesus is the Word. Not only is the Word, as you keep on reading in that chapter 1 of John, he's the creator and sustainer of everything. And this parable, Jesus is the sower. But let's look more at the Word. Word, of course, is also Scripture. Verse 11 says this. Now the parable is this. The seed is the Word of God. Jesus is the Word. All of Scripture is about Jesus. The Old Testament is prophesying about Jesus who is to come, and the New Testament says He's here, and here's what He's done. The Word is powerful. Hebrews 4.12 says this, For the Word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. This picture right here is a picture of my homiletics professor in seminary. His name is Dr. Brian Chapel. If you like the way I preach, you have him to think. If you don't like the way I preach, you have him to blame. Uh, but... 
He was very adamant day one when he was teaching us new seminarians how to preach. He was very adamant it's only the Holy Spirit by and with the Word of God that changes the hearts of humanity. Why? Because Scripture is God-breathed and it's all about Jesus. The only way we can have a relationship with Him. So let's look at the word responses. And these are the different type of people within this parable. The first are the seeds that fell upon the path. And as I go through each type of person, we're going to look at what was the person and the explanation Jesus gave about that person. So the path, the second part of verse 5, and as he sowed, some fell among the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And Jesus' explanation of the path type of person can be found in verse 12. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes in and takes away the word from their hearts so they do not believe and be saved. It's pretty black and white what Jesus is saying in this verse, and that is not everyone's going to be saved. And lots of times... I don't know about you, but I get frustrated when I see a non-believer that I've been spending a lot of time with and I've been praying that they would become a Christian, and they're not. And I'm like, I, I don't get it. Why not? Well, they could be this first person. They're hearing the gospel. But Satan's coming in and taking the gospel away. Let us all not be that type of person. The second type of person is the rock, which sounds really impressive, but it's not. Verse 6, and some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And then we see Jesus' explanation of the rock can be found in verse 13. And the ones of the rock are those who, when they hear the word, they receive it with joy, but they have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, they fall away. I went to a, a high school that was a Christian private school, and every fall and every spring, we had a retreat, and it was a spiritual retreat, and I tell you what, man, I mean, you, everyone got on that retreat, they were on a spiritual high, it was all just praise Jesus, the testimonies were great, the tears were flowing, and with the week of getting back to school, 99.9% .9 of those people were back to exactly how they were as non-believers. Sometimes we're not taking hold of the truth. And then it also tells us this sinful fallen world is going to beat us up. I can remember when I was younger, I told my youth director, I was like, I'm so frustrated because it seems like no matter what happens, God gets the glory. If I get cancer and I pray for him to heal me, if he heals me, I'm like, praise Jesus. And if he doesn't heal me, well, praise him because it's not in his plan. And all that's true because the point of the matter is I'm not God. God is God. And he can do whatever he wants. But this fallen sinful world is going to beat us up. It's going to cause doubt into our lives. And so when those doubts happen, we need to stay focused on the, the author and perfecter of our faith. Next type of person are the thorns. Verse 7, and some of the seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it out. And we see the explanation of the thorns in verse 14. 
And as for those who fell among the thorns, they are those who peer, but as they go on their way, they are choked out by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not matter. You know, at an early age, I felt like God was calling me to do two things. Either one, an attorney, which no one in this room would like me, including myself, if I became that. Or two, a pastor. But when I was really young and just immature, I didn't want to be a pastor. Because I didn't want to be broke. And I can't smile all the time. And although years later I have perfected the pastor half hug, you know, I'm just not a hugger. You know? But what I realize is that's a temporary perspective. Everything you have is temporary. It's going to go away. And to include the bad things, that's temporary as well. But the point is if we idolize either the pleasures of this life or the concerns of this life, if we give those things more focus and attention than Jesus, it's going to choke us out. And we're going to lose our way. So let's look at the last type of person. The good soil. Verse 8. And some fell into the good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And he said these things. He called out, he who has ears, let him hear. And verse 15 is the explanation. As for those in the good soil, they are those who hearing the word... Hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. The biggest lie in the world, my friends, is this. And I've heard it so many times in testimonies. When I became a believer, everything naturally fell into place and my life got easier. And it might seem that way for a short period of time, but I don't know about you. My life got more complicated. All of a sudden, anything I did had eternal ramifications. Well, and, but with patience, you look at all of our lives as Christians, I've said this before, we're like the stock market. Until glory, we're going to have highs and lows, but overall, we're going to become more and more like Jesus. And in glory, we will become like him. That's the good soil. This is a picture of some new grass. I had, a, I had a predicament at my house. I have a very steep grade to my roof, and the way my gutter was in my backyard, there's a hill there, and it was just totally washing out my, my ground. And I was getting really frustrated. And so, me being a simpleton engineer, I first like, well, I'll put some gravel there, and that will stop it. No, the gravel just washed it away. I was like, okay, what can I do next? And so then finally, I was like, okay, I need to re-divert the, the gutter, that was smart, all right? And then after that, I realized, okay, I need to put down really good soil. Not only just really good soil, but like the best potting soil I can buy at Lowe's. And I put that down, and then I put down some seeds, and I put down miracle Grow, and boom, I had grass and no more of my backyard going away. As believers, the good soil is Jesus. The seeds the Holy Spirit. We need to be and strive to focus on him at all times. So let's transition now. Based on this parable, let's look at the word applications. And I have four of them. First application is this. 
not everyone will be saved. And I hate saying that. I wish it wasn't true. I wish everybody would be saved. But it's not true. Old Testament talks about only a remnant will be saved. Now here's the good news. If you're in Jesus, you're part of that remnant. But 1 John 5, 11, and 12 says this, and this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son, meaning whoever has a relationship with Jesus, has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. In our politically correct culture, we love this whole universal type thing of all religions lead to God, and that is totally contrary to Scripture. Only one thing leads to having a relationship with God, and that is Jesus Christ. Second point. All of humanity, keyword there, all of humanity, to include believers, to include Christians, will be tested and tried in this world. Let me give you Jesus' words in Matthew 5, 44 through 45. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons and daughters of the Father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust goes back to the theme we see a lot of times in these parables. Ultimately, God is sovereign. He has control over everything. Remember those little braces that you used to wear in vacation Bible school? What would Jesus do? Wrong question. The question to ask is, what is Jesus doing? We're all in this world going to have trials. 1 Peter 4, 12 through 13. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings so that you also may rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. I'm going to give it to you straight. If Jesus suffered, you're going to suffer too. Hopefully not to the degree he did, but you're going to suffer too. Recently, my wife had a, uh, had a health scare, and she went through all the litany of tests and da-da-da, and that result came back, she's fine, which is great news. But for everyone in this room, one day we're going to have that phone call where we're not fine. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So don't be surprised, but know that the suffering it's temporary. Compared to eternity, which our simple minds can't even grasp it, what's 80 years? Nothing. It's nothing. Okay. Everything in this world is temporary. James 4.14, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Tell you what, when I was in my late teens and early 20s, I just, I felt immortal. I was young, my body wasn't falling apart, I felt great. 
Thinking about getting old wasn't even on my radar. I was single for my 20s, and so I was bored half the time because what I do with all this time? Let me tell you, the older I get, the faster time goes by. Our life's a vapor. Before we know it, it's gone. Last point. And this, by the way, the first three points are kind of bummers. <laughs> so let's focus on this last point. Christians have abundant life now and forever. See the scripture reference there, John 10.10. 10. The thief, who is Satan, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I, being Jesus, came that they may have life and have it abundantly. You as a believer will forever be in glory with God and his people. That's abundant living with a capital A and a capital L. But you have that abundant life now because we live today in reflection of that day. You can incur any trial today. Why? Because you know it's, my life's a vapor. It's temporary. Compared to glory, I won't face this anymore. Christians have abundant living now and forever. Worship team, if you'll come forward, let's review the sermon. Here was the main point of the sermon. True believers are Christians for the long haul. And we looked at the three areas. We look at the word, and we know the word's Jesus, and we know that scripture is all about Jesus. And we look at the word responses. The choices were the path or the rock or the thorns or the good soil. If you're in Jesus, you're in the good soil. And our goal on this side of, of heaven as we participate in sanctification, meaning becoming more like Jesus, is to remain in that good soil, remain in him. For every one time you look at your sins, look ten times to Jesus. And then we've seen the word applications. Not everyone will be saved. All of, all of humanity, to include believers, will be tested and tried in this world. But everything in this world is temporary, and Christians have abundant life now and forever. You and I, we're all sojourners. Sojourners where, meaning that we're in a temporary place in our lives. Now, as a military, we know that all too well. We feel like sojourners, right? Every three to six years, we're moving, going somewhere else. But if you look at the whole spans of life, we're all sojourners. We all belong somewhere else. This is a horrible picture, but it's the best one I could find of a very sophisticated hobo. If you really look at it, we're, we're all kind of hobos. Everything you have, your truck, your vehicles, your house, your wealth, your TSP, your 401k, your dog, everything is temporary. So my question to you is, do we have that long-term kingdom mindset where we live that way? When I see someone piggybacking on last week's sermon who's being unjust to me, do I go justice on them or do I realize this is temporary? I'm going to give them grace and mercy just as I've been received grace and mercy. I want to encourage all of us to view 80 years compared to eternity is nothing. You're just on a visa on this side of glory and treat life that way and realize that glory and eternity, God's kingdom, if you're in Jesus, is your true citizenship and where you truly, truly
alone. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you and just praise you for the reality that, that we don't suffer by ourselves, that you became flesh through Jesus, and he suffered on our behalf. And because of that, we can have a relationship with you and your people forever. Let us view whatever we're going through as temporary and keep our hearts and minds focused on Jesus. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Fort Stewart Chapel Next podcast. You can find out more about us by searching Fort Stewart Chapel Next on Facebook.